Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 9th, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 87, paragraph 3, moving over to page 88 today for our reading of context. Today's readers are... The 12 Steps, Mary B. The 12 Traditions, Donna M. And reading the text today would be Renata G., Devorah S., and Santa H. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, June 8, 2015, is 7715. 7715. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary B. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. This is Mary B. recovered in Central California. Good morning, everybody. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. 
Thank you, Mary B. I will now ask Donna M. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Great. Thank you, Val. Hi, this is Donna M., a grateful compulsive overeater from Wisconsin. 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thank you, Donna M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 87, paragraph 3 for context. And we'll move over to page 88 to share and comment on the first paragraph for our first entry. I will now ask Renata G. to begin our study this morning. Good morning, Renata. Hi, Melanie. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer no longer running the show. 
humbly saying to, your, to ourselves many times each day, that will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy so foolishly. So, um, as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. And, uh, you know, it really does work. And I know this is in the context of step 11, but, you know, I want to say that the 12 step, you know, the whole program of action really works. It works for me. And, uh, you know, we read on, on, on top of page 86 that prayer and meditation really works if we have the proper attitude and work at it, you know. And so, and what's the proper attitude, right, for step 11? The proper attitude is that God is in control now, that I need strength and direction from God, that I don't make my decisions based on self anymore, you know. And it says, you know, it works, like, if we, if we work at it, so if we do it, you know, I have to do it. I have to practice this every day. And, uh, you know, and how do I practice? Like, when do I do, you know, step 11? When I retire in the evening, right? I reveal my day. I ask God for, you know, corrective measures. And, you know, on awakening, you know, I ask God to direct my thinking. I think about the 24 hours ahead. And then, you know, all throughout the day, I have to remind myself that God is running the show. Not we're not anymore. You know, I quit playing God. God does a much better job, you know, controlling the world than I could ever do. And so, you know, if I do all that every day, I get results. You know, and the result is, you know, developing, you know, maintaining, growing in that connection with my higher power. You know, um, I, I, I have, you know, a better chance to have access to, to, to intuition. You know, I can receive strength and direction from my higher power, but I need to make that conscious contact with God every day. And, uh, and so, you know, by doing this, I know better, like, what actions to take throughout my day because they're not being based on myself. They're being based on my higher power direction. And uh, if I live like that, I don't live in that roller coaster of the disease anymore. It's more balanced. It's more peaceful. And, um, you know, it really works. Uh, so that's all, all I want to share. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Who would like to comment on the first paragraph on page 88? It works. It really works. It really does. First person, please. This is Larry. Hello, can I be heard? Oh, hi, Larry. Good morning. Yes, Good morning, Melanie. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, this, this is a design for living that really does work. And, um, you know, the, the spiritual awakening for me, you know, uh, I mean, among other things, is like this... Uh, combination of, of positive emotions that bind me to other human beings, you know, and to God as, as we may understand God. And, you know, it, it, you know what it is each day that I stay on this theme of recovery is it involves the, 
you know, positive emotions, you know, love, hope, joy, forgiveness, compassion, gratitude. You know, but, but these, these positive emotions, you know, in, in sharp contrast to, to, to the negative emotions of fear and anger and all those things that I used to live with uh, that were, you know, that, that owned me really um, all involve what's beautiful is the, a human connection. None of them are all about me. So this, the, the, you know, the, what really works is the movement, uh, you know, from that self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And, you know, whereas the, the, the negative emotions, you know, while certainly, you know, dedicated to our survival on some level, are, are, but they were all generally about me. And the positive emotions have the potential to, to free the self from the self. And, and that's... That's this design for living that I'm on. That it, it's more expansive. It, it helps to broaden and build. And you know, and what happened to me then is then it it widened my my tolerance. It expanded the you know the capacity for acceptance. It enhanced um, you know my creativity and you know what I what I, I it, just by way of contrast you know the the negative emotions tend to freeze us in our tracks and it did for me and. You know, when I'm harboring feelings of disgust and resentment and fear and depression, it's it's obviously really hard to create or learn anything new. And I'm in a fixed mindset that assures me of more of the same. But, you know, this design for living that works, um, you know, whereas like, like ingratitude shrinks my capacity to connect with my higher power, gratitude expands this capacity to connect. So... You know, I, I, I'll wrap up by saying that, um, you know, that, you know, we, we, we've got 100 billion neurons, you know, per, perhaps working together as God intended today as a result of this program into, a, you know, a more adaptive brain that's devoted to love and tolerance. And it's funny to me that often the most broken individuals like myself may become, you know, have the capacity to become spiritual through, this, through these steps and through this program. And, you know, man and woman were born broken, but we live by, by healing and the grace of God is the glue. Thank God for this, for this program. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. So that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Who else would like to comment on that paragraph on page 88? It works. Lois. This is Janice. Kim. Janice M. And Amy. Nadia B. Asa. Okay, I got a lot of names here. I'm going to have us just um, hang on just one second, please. And I think I got it. Uh, Lois M, Kim G, Janice M, Amy G, Nadia, and Vasa O. And Sally. Nadia, Nadia B. Okay, hi, Sally. We'll go with those for right now. Thank you so much. Good morning, Lois. Hi, good morning, hi, Melanie. Good morning. Hi. Nice to hear your voice, and thank you for your service and everyone on the line. Uh, this is Lois M in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I, I am such a grateful recovered alcoholic that um, I needed to, uh, testif- to, to testify about this paragraph that we're studying this morning. Um, you know, that I am, you know, I have been going through a really very hard challenge. And when I turn my life and my will over to the care of God as I understand him, you know, the big book tells me it works and it really works. And, of course, it does. 
But, you know, as, you know, sometimes when I get confused about my life uh, or the people I love, it's very difficult for me to to trust uh, that other people aren't doing the best they can to take it. But like my husband's in a rehab and I want to be there and tell him what to do and uh, make sure that, you know, they're doing the best they can for him, that if I'm not there, you know, the uh, show isn't running properly. And, you know, and I've been doing that for a couple of weeks. I have to admit that. You know, I really try to, you know, as when I'm afraid, usually what I do is I go into high text, you know, and I try to push and make people do what he needs to do. And, and, you know, and then I have to exhaust myself and um, I have to listen to God. I have to turn it over. And when I'm really understanding it, when I, when I can see beyond my fear, you know, I do know this program works. I've been working this for quite a while and I've, I've heard testimonies, you know, five days a week about how it's working for you. And I, I want that. I crave it. I trust and rely on God. Except when there's really deep, deep fear, I try to do it myself. But I have, you know, luckily, you know, I've been praying and asking God for help daily. And um, I've turned my will and my life over to his care. And I know that he's a loving God. And my husband has a loving God as well. And, you know, if that's God's will, what's going on with my husband, you know, far be it for me to change, you know, the direction of his life. So I am so thankful like um, for Alcoholics Anonymous and this big book and the vision for you and all of you who um, who support everybody on this line daily that, you know, I just had to give my two cents worth that, you know, it, the, um, it, it's so, it's so, it's so plainly said, you know, it works if you work it. And um, when I work it, I receive God's blessings and God's help. And, and, and I am relieved of this fear. And thank you very much, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lois M. Kim D., you're next. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Melanie. And that's not my dog for once. Um, uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim D., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Um, it really, it works. It really does. And, you know, the it for many years was very elusive to me. I, I didn't know what it was. Was it getting to the right meeting? Was it having the right sponsor? Was it having the correct food plan? And what they're referring to is it is this 12-step program of recovery. It's the steps in the connection with our higher power. So we were told that when, before we even embarked on this journey. So I'm going to read on page 50. What were we told the goal was, which we've now reached at the end of eleven? At the bottom of page 50, it says, Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves to take a certain attitude towards that power, which to me is one through three, to do certain simple things, which is steps four through nine, there has been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking, which is 10, 11, and 12. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace and happiness and sense of direction flowed to them. This happened soon after they wholly, wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements, which is, to me is the steps. So we've now worked through steps 1 through 11, and we now have access to that power that we were told in the beginning of this process we needed in order to not eat again. So for those of you who are in the beginning of this process, lean into the step that you're in. 
I just want to specifically say, what are those steps? You know, in step one, we are coming to just a conclusion. The conclusion that we are an alcoholic, that we have the allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. Then I can, when I ingest certain substances, I cannot reasonably predict how much I'm going to have. Not all food, but certain foods and certain ingredients. And that is bad, but what is worse is I have a mind that will always convince me that it's okay to eat those foods that I'm, I'm allergic to. I heard an AA speaker say it beautifully. I can't drink safely and I can't be sober contently. That is step one. In step two, I admit a lack of power in my dilemma, that my human resources as marshaled by the will are insufficient. And in step three, I make a decision to go through with the rest of the work. Why? Because I find that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble and that my troubles are of my own making. And in step four through nine, I'm being asked to remove those things that are blocking me from God to take some inventory, to not have a, self, a solitary self-appraisal, to admit what is injectionable in 6 and 7, and then I will not get over drinking unless I, I make amends. And then in 10, 11, and 12, we're asked to use those steps as a daily practice. And if we do that, we have the ability to my reality is that I can live free. I am a compulsive overeater today, but I flatly declare I do not suffer from compulsive overeating because it works, it really does. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Janice M., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. It works. (laughs) What's it? (laughs) Yes, it's the same. I'm just going to piggyback, but make a little different. It is prayer and meditation. What this step tells me is to improve my conscious contact with God, my higher power. Now, to improve something means I've already been doing it. And yes, on each step, I have had a prayer, and I've been praying from the beginning. I didn't wait to step 11 to do this. I've been praying all along. And this step tells me to improve. And I think that's an important thing. To improve something means I have to practice it. I have to do it. And when I work, work is action for me. <laughs> and then what is action in this, in this particular case is to do it. Not just know it and say it, but to do it. Do what? Do the prayer. Do the prayer to ask God, you know, to, to, to help me. Now, I have a twofold disease. The allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Okay, now, when I first come in, you know, people tend to forget that the reason I'm an, a compulsive overeater is because I have a spiritual malady. Okay, and I have a, um, a physical uh, problem. I have a physical addiction. So what takes care of the allergy, of course we know, that we need, we would no more refuse the food and the sunshine and a certain plan for the for our physical allergy. Now, when we turn away from prayer, we deprive what our minds, because that's the real problem: is the mind, the emotions, the intuitions, and that's vital to my support. You know, and um, that's why I pray because only my higher power can fix my mind. And um, that's and, and through the prayer, I have found that power to solve my problems of thinking, 
of behaving, my attitudes, they all changed through each step as I prayed. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's an XXXII. Um, it's amazing. Doctor's opinion says, I earnestly advise every compulsive overeater, that's us, to read this book through and through. Perhaps he came to scoff. Now he remains to pray. What does scoff mean? Well, oh, I don't need to do that. I used to pray just in case of emergency or please, God, give me this and I'll do this. Like, you know, I was I was like a, a pact with him. You do this and I'll do this. And so I used to ridicule and mock and some people laugh at this. But guess what? <laughs> Those are the only ones that never did it. And so they really don't know the results like I do or a lot of us here know the results. We become, we come to trust this power. And when we see the results, I use it even more because that builds up my trust to know that it works and it really works. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Janice M. Amy G. from Maryland, you're next. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Melanie. This is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone, who has been speaking. I've been gleaning so much. You know, there's a saying in the room, uh, what are the five favorite words in the big book? And it's, it works. It really does. Or the favorite sentence in the big book. Why is this sentence so powerful? It's because this chapter has masterfully laid out what the action steps are, what are, what are the instructions for day-to-day living once we put the food down and work these steps. I mean, this program works. It really does. It is, has a solution. It is laid out in all the previous chapters. What is the problem? What is the solution? What are the instructions? And what are the actions we take? And this, it works. It really does. It means that on a daily basis, I am looking to improve, like Janice was saying, my conscious contact with my higher power. To try to live a God-centered life instead of a self-centered life. You know, they say repetition is the father of learning. Thy will be done throughout the day, that repetition of thy will be done, thy will be done, going out throughout my day, having a routine for my recovery every day, learning to talk program to myself instead of listen to myself. Because when I listen to myself and the mental obsession, I got myself in a whole world of trouble. Now I am learning to take this higher power and walk this daily life in action, in recovery. It says here on page 85, as we go back a little bit further into action, into the chapter, into action, it says what we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. So it is an action step that I take every day to continue to improve that daily contact. And the more I tap into that, the more I connect with that, it says here we become much less, more efficient. We don't tire easily. We're not burning with energy foolishly. I don't make impulsive decisions. I don't drive myself crazy obsessing about other things. I learn how to live my life sanely and soberly and contently. And I'm so grateful for this program because it works. It really does. It transformed my life. It saved my life without a pass. Thank you, Amy G. Nadia B., you're up next. Good morning. It's Nadia B. in Connecticut. I'm newly recovered. 
And um, what works for me and what works is this program of action. Um, and God works for me. God does what I could not do for myself for um, until I found access to God on these pages. Um, so this is like learning a new language for me. I remember, you know, when I first um, started learning English, it was hard, and I woke up and I was thinking in my language. But um, and it's like it's like that for me um, with God. You know, I wake up every day agitated and doubtful, and that's why I pray and I pause to remind myself that I'm no longer running the show. Um, because through the day, I can feel myself drifting into my old language, um, into my self-centeredness. And um, when I don't pause and I stay in it for too long, I am going to make um, foolish decisions. I'm going to get overly excited, fearful, angry. Um, and um, I'm not efficient at all. So it works. It works if I um, implement this program of action and bring God to everything I do during the day. So it really works. It does work for me for the past um, couple of months. Um, it's been working, and I am so grateful today for this program. And uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. Vasa O, you're next. Thank you. Good morning, all of you. And I'm Vasa, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And thank you, Melanie, for your service. And it does work. God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. God is uh, running the show. And um, it is follow directions, practice as the steps are laid out. Uh, here in this big book, one day at a time. And for me, God is involved with everything I do today. You know, step one, two, three, four, as we go along, and just trusting and relying on God. You know, it did start with the food addiction, and then gradually I started God, trusting God with my life and my will. And I had one. I had one of those days yesterday. I was so many. I had so many things going on in for that day. And in the morning, every morning, I get on my knees and I pray to God and I ask Him, just show me what is Your will for me to do today, God. And I go on. And I was getting agitated yesterday, and I said, Oh my God, how am I going to get all these things done today? And you know what? I didn't have to, I don't have to worry about it. You know, the agitation stops, I mean, comes a little bit. The direction is right here, exactly in this paragraph. What I need to do, I need to pause and think and ask God for help. What is your, what's the first thing you want me to do? And every time when I get so many things going on, God takes care of it. He will take some of the things away from me. And, you know, he'll put something else that I had planned for that day. Yesterday, you know, I had a really busy day, and my brother called me. He had asked me if I could take him to his doctor's because he couldn't drive because of the problem he had. Well, that was an interruption in my day. I didn't plan on doing that. But I said, you know what, this is really important. 
I have to let go of this that's not as important, then I'm gonna, I need to do this for my brother. So that's what I did. That was not in my that was the that was not that plan for me to do yesterday, but I did it. So God is so good. He will do for me what I cannot do for myself. Put something that I don't plan on doing and take something that I it's not that important. So yeah, pause and uh, and think through the day. And thank you for letting me share that pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Who else would like to comment on this particular paragraph, which is making reference to Step 11? It works. It really does. Step 11. Melissa C. Hi, Melissa C. Anyone else? Anybody else, I guess I should say? Leanne. Well, let's do Melissa. Oh, Leanne. Gotcha, Leanne. Great. Thank you. Melissa C., you want to start us out? Sure. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, oh, yay, it works, it works, it works. You know, I just get so excited. I want to, like, scream, you know, from the from the top of a mountain, um, you know, because I've struggled my whole life with this. And to have a real solution is um, unbelievable. And, yes, it's in step 11. It's, it's in a, a trust in my higher power and, um, you know, and living in accordance to God's will for me and not Melissa's will for the rest of the world. And, you know, um, yesterday someone at work said to me, um, you know, what are you doing? You know, I, I you, you look amazing because that's what people notice on the, you know, they notice the outside first. And she's got someone that I'm terribly close with, so she doesn't know the internal change, the way that I'm living differently. But um, from a conversation with her, I I know that she has a, a daughter who's morbidly obese, um, and she was kind of sharing that with me and asking me, you know, she wanted specifics of a diet. She wants to know specifically what am I doing, what's my workout plan, what's my diet plan. And, you know, my enthusiasm today is um, <laughs> is my plan is, is it's God. My plan is a higher power. And, you know, and I I have to sometimes be careful because, um, you know, when, when you when you have the solution, um, I feel like I have an obligation to be honest about it. I'm not going to sell a diet to anybody. I've had a million diets sold to me. And I know that it's not, that it's not a diet that has transformed me physically or emotionally or spiritually. It's, it's my higher power. And so... Um, you know, I did say to her, I'm, I'm working a 12-step plan of recovery, and the solution really, for me, um, has not been in a specific food plan. It, you know, I'm not doing anything that's so um, that's so outside. You know, I'm not going to tell you about some high protein, uh, you know, some diet substance, a special pill. Um, it's probably a lot more food-wise than then everything they can know, put down extra food and, and move a little more, but that's not really what um, <laughs> that's not really what uh, what's working. You know, what's working is I've had a spiritual transformation and I worked on that program and I know, you know, I heard I could see that her ears perked up and I'm excited because now I you know, like I know what's coming next. I know we're still on step eleven, but I know Step 12 is right around the bed, and, um, 
it, it works because I'm willing to work it um, and I'm willing to share it. And, um, you know, and we have the answer. You know, prayer is the answer. Reliance on God is the answer. Um, and I'm so thankful to wake up knowing that today. Thank you with that all pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Leanne S., you're next. Hi, this is Leanne, recovered in Florida from anorexia, compulsive exercising and compulsive overeating. And um, I think what's hitting me here is the fact that I have to keep my relationship with God fresh. I tend to get into these rote places where I'm reading the same pages every day and then um, my, you know, my connection with God becomes... Uh, you know, too rote, and um, I like the dis- the paragraph where they suggest, you know, to use different things and learn how to seek God in different ways, and because I've been opened up to God, I'm more willing to seek things that, you know, my faith has offered me, and I found them really, really helpful, where I find it exciting to connect with God, and not that I don't connect with Him every day, and I've learned so many great tools in this program on how to write down my deepest concerns and put them in a box and just feel like that's how I give them to God. But I find that I really have to keep it fresh and change it up, you know. Um, I have to keep um, keep changing it up and approaching God in n- new and deeper ways. And um, recently I've been suggested to read a certain thing, a certain book has really helped my meditation, and I can't believe the changes that are happening because of that, Um you know, and I just, this book is just amazing. They don't, they're not closed-minded on anything. Um, I've been restored back to my childhood faith, and I'm I'm just understanding it so much better now. And I always try to do it the opposite way. Who would think, you know, that a program of, deco- reco- a program of recovery would be like a discipleship program for me? Um, so it's really, it's really amazing. And I'm loving what everybody's sharing this morning. Um, it's really good to be talking about this step. It's one of my favorite. Um, and I noticed that um, my quiet time can go too long. Sometimes I have to get myself out of it to make sure, you know, I don't be late or whatever because it, it's fresh, you know. And then um, it's just like a relationship. It ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. And um, it's okay for me to, you know, tell God that I'm angry at him or whatever, Um a person last night at one of my meetings told me that she told God today that she hated him. And I told him, I told her, you know, I tell God everything. Just be completely honest with him. He can handle it, you know. Uh, just keep communication going. Just don't stop communicating with him. I think that's really an important key. So um, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Leanne S., I would like to move on now then to the last two paragraphs on that page to finish out this chapter. Devorah S., would you please read on page 88, paragraph 2 and 3 for us to begin that study? Yes, hi, here I am. Hi, it's Devorah S. from New Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater, thank God. So, we alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. But that is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. Okay, so um, I love these last two paragraphs. We alcoholics are undisciplined. And, you know, that's a strong word, undisciplined. And 
and uses it twice in one paragraph. Um, we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. You know, as a teacher, that word disciplined really, um, you know, uh, struck a chord. It really spoke to me, you know, because one might think, what's a discipline? You know, we have to, you know, discipline a child. You know, that word discipline means, you know, it can mean, take it to mean punish or, you know, it could be such a harsh word. But, you know, I looked it up in the book, in the dictionary, I'm sorry, in the dictionary, and the word disciplined, um, it talks about training or molding or um, a system, a system of rules of governing conduct. That's another phrase that they used. And one that I really liked what they used was um, to bring under control, to, impo- to impose order. You know, to give me order. You know, all these things, all these definitions uh, really spoke to me because um, I, you know, I wasn't disciplined. I thought I was. You know, I knew that when I woke up in the morning, I had to get up, run up, get the laundry in, do a load of wash, you know, get my kids' lunches ready, you know, all this stuff, get it all together. You know, that was discipline. You know, I'm doing what I needed to do, you know, and working on my will, self-will. Um, and, 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 and really, you know, and, and, and just as the day went by, that's what I was doing, you know, doing, 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 um, thinking that, you know, how great it is that I could accomplish so much. But the truth of the matter is my mind and my, my, my body, I was out of control. I was eating. I couldn't stop eating. Um, and, uh, my relationships were suffering. My kids were suffering. My job was, was suffering. Everything was suffering because I was running on self-will and I was trying to discipline everybody, um, to do what I wanted them to do. And the truth is that when I am this person, what they talk about in the previous paragraphs, when I'm this person who is making, trying to make conscious contact with God and waking up in the morning and the first thing I say is, God, how can I best serve you? What is your will for me? I'm no longer running self-will run riot. I am looking to see how I can be the person that God wants me to be. I'm including God in all my affairs. I'm asking God's direction. I'm pausing when agitated or doubtful. I'm disciplining my mind um, to to seek God's way. And that is, that's that's to me, you know, that's very big for me. Um, and it's it's it says it's a simple way, um, but it takes a lot of practice. And disciplining myself does take practice. You know, I'm reminded when I walk, walk into my classroom the first, um, you know, weeks of school, you know, the children are doing their own thing. They don't know what I want from them to do until I show them, you know, this is what needs to be done. When I walk into the classroom, take this. This should be on your desk. You should be working on blah, 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 blah. And, I, I, and you know, when I walk into the classroom now in June, this is what they do because it took months and months of training them and showing them this is what needs to get done. And there are different children today because of that. And I'm a different person today because I've become disciplined. And it doesn't just stop. So now that I'm disciplined, what do I need to do? 
um, I have to take more action. I have to take more action, and that's giving it away. I can't keep what I have if I don't give it away. That's what's told to me early on in program. can't keep what I have if I don't give it away, and I need to work with other people. I need to show them what was so freely given to me. I need to show them how to find a higher power, how to have God guide them and show them how to live. And um, and that's what gonna, we're going to be seeing in the next chapter. And it is... Um, very exhilarating to be working with others. Um, it reminds me how I was, keeps my memory green, and um, it keeps me connected with the book, with the fellowship, because I don't know everything. Just because I've come here, I still need these disciplines. I still need the fellowship. I need the line of people who've gone before me and all you people so I can turn to you and say, hey, this is what's going on. How can I... How can I help this person? Or this is what's going on with me. What can I what what can I do? So it doesn't stop. It continues on and on. My disciplines need to continue. I still need to do what I do each day up until this point. And I'm and I you know, and I continue to work with others. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah S. Who would like to share on this particular last two paragraphs? I hear Sally A. I hear Bella. Paula B. Anyone else? Yeah. Paula. Santa yeah. yeah. W. Santa H. I'm saying it like that because a couple were kind of mixed together. Okay, I have Sally A. Bella G. Paula D. Sarah W. Santa H. We may run out of time. Um, folks, so just keep that in mind, but we'll start with Sally for right now, and thank you so much for your patience. Good, good morning, morning Sally. Thank you. Good morning, Mel. Um, good morning, Vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, of course, a lot is said in these paragraphs. I'm just going to, to focus in on, but this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. And that's where we're heading. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. And I wanted to draw your attention back to the bottom of Bill's story. I've said this before, all roads lead to Bill. I believe all the 12 steps are in Bill very, very clearly. And the bottom of page 14, it speaks the exact same words in Bill's story. He says, bottom of 14, my friend has emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. And so we're being called here to discipline, as this, these paragraphs are talking about, because it does take discipline to demonstrate these principles, the principles of the 12 steps in all of our affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without work was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if any alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, so we're given here a very important principle. In order to remain recovered, we're being told we have to continue to perfect and enlarge our spiritual life. And how do we do that? How do we do step 11? How do we do all of these steps? How do we perfect and enlarge our spiritual life? Through work and sacrifice, for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead if he did not work 
here it is. It's like a mathematical equation. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. This is just like algebra. For those of you who have had algebra and algebra trig, A, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. That's an algebraic equation. So if you don't work with others, you will surely drink. That's B. Then if you drink B, you will surely die. That's C. Therefore, if you don't work with others, A, you will surely die. That's what he's telling us. And he goes on to say it even more clearly. He would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. That's the end of the matter. And so, again, at the bottom of 88, but this is not all. There is action and more action. And we're like Olympians because there is so much action for us to stay well. And we are truly like Olympians. Faith without work is dead. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Bella D., you're next. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. There is action and more action. Wow, such an empowering sentence. Yes, before program, my life was a war. And in a war, there is a loser and a winner. I wanted so much to be the winner, and I was always the loser. I was directed by my ego. I was directed by my people pleaser. I wanted so much the power, and I always lost my power. Wow, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now I am in in this program, and there is action and more action. Yes, suddenly I found a power that I have. And what is my power? So we let God. Yes, it's not my ego power. It's the power of God. I choose to be connected to God. And there is more action and more action. Yes, I have to pause and to say what God wants for me now to do. What God wants, what is the message of God for me and not my ego message. And yes, suddenly... By saying I am powerless, I found that I have a power, a power by saying I am human. I don't know everything. I am connected to God, to a higher power greater than myself. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Paula D., good morning. And good morning to you, Melanie, and thank you for your service this fine Tuesday morning. I am Paula D. I am a compulsive reader, recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, I'd like to go to this first line that was read, read, we alcoholics are undisciplined. You know, there's a we there. It's just not me. Oh, that opens up a whole world here. You know, we know what it was said so beautifully, what discipline meant. But another thing was, and I'm, I know it says undisciplined. Well, you can put the undead. Didn't I live there long enough? Discipline is subject to. Subject to rules, subject to laws. That's what I didn't want to be. I wanted to be the higher power. But here it says undisciplined and what it means to be disciplined. 
needs to be subject to, to finally look at. Look at the steps, Paula. Did you not see you wanted to be above them and beyond them? And then there's another line that frees you. So we let God discipline us. There's where it is. That's where the answer is. In the simple way. How we love to complicate things. You want to talk about ego. Oh, you know how hard it was. Of course it was hard. But wait a minute. If you had God with you, does it change it? We have just outlined. But then it goes on. If that wasn't enough, but wait, now you have God. But this is not all. This is why your world can open up within and without. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. That's it. To go on, I must go on. This is the movement that we talked about. This is the flow that we talked about. I want to thank you for the time that was given, and thank you again. And with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Paula. Sarah W., would you please share, please? And um, you'll probably take us out this morning. And thank you, Santa, for being willing to share later. You betcha. Good morning to you. Sarah, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Thank you, Melanie. This is Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, I wanted to just share on um, the idea that alcoholics are, the alcoholics are undisciplined, you know, lacking self-control. Um, as an addict, you know, um, as I said yesterday, um, you know, I, I think my development stopped around the time when I started using, which was probably early in my uh, preteen area. So probably I came in as about 11 or 12-year-old, if that. Um, and for me, I have to come to God or come to my higher power as a child. And um, with that, um, you know, I do let God discipline me. And I think um, on the back of, um, in the back of the book on page 568, we're, we're talking today about spirituality, the 11th and 12th step. And it says, we find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery but these are indispensable. And then the, one of the most important parts, I think, of the whole book, it says there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And so I just have to be open. And, you know, my sponsor says to me that, you know, repetition is important because sometimes I'll say, well, I've heard that. Well, you know, obviously we're here on this line, so we need to hear it again. And we go back through the book because we need to understand more deeply, on a deeper level, how to work these steps and how to live this life and how to have this beautiful design for living. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah H. Um, why did I say that? Sarah W., appreciate that very much. Appreciate your share. And that does take us to the end this morning. And thank you to everyone who shared. We're going to close this morning now with um, the reading from the big book on page 164 and follow that by the serenity prayer. 
Well, Santa H., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, visionaries. This is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house, if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.